Chapter 32 A History of California of the Spanish Period. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 32 Inland Explorations and Indian Wars, 1804 to 1823. Why was it that Spanish Californians did not discover gold? They had an opportunity of nearly 80 years' duration to find it, and thus ward off acquisition of Alta California by the United States. The question is therefore not without importance, and it is also interesting in that it involves a story of their many expeditions into the interior where the gold lay. Thus, it is possible to link up many towns of the state with Spanish traditions which otherwise they might not possess, except vicariously through the experiences of their neighbors on the coast. Closely connected with the subject of inland exploration is that of Indian warfare, which had its center at times in the mission areas as well as in the non-Christian districts of the great interior valley. The Spanish Californians had never gone in from the coast to make settlements. Soledad was farthest inland in the province, and that was only some thirty miles from the sea. Anza and Garces had crossed the desert in the south, and the latter had once gone north across the mountains almost to Lake Tulare. Fagas and Anza had ascended the San Joaquin River for short distances, and in 1776 Jose Joaquin Moraga crossed it and went on a day's journey farther on. Prior to the close of the 18th century, at least one Spanish expedition was made to Bodega Bay. There were also pursuits of runaway mission Indians just over the hills and into the valley, and certain vague explorations of the Tulares. A report of Lieutenant Hermenegildo Sal in 1796 mentioned streams which have been identified as the West middle and east channels of the San Joaquin, and the Mocalumna, as also the lakes of the Mocalumna Consumnus Basin. It seems that an expedition had just previously been made in the year 1795. Speaking generally, it may be said, however, that the interior was very little known down to the close of the 18th century. Many had seen the great river valleys from the summits of the western hills, but few had traversed them, even for short distances. It was during the second administration of Governor Arriaga that active exploration of the interior began. Father Juan Martin of San Miguel was one of the pioneers. He later asserted that he had often tried to persuade Arriaga to establish a mission in the Tulares, claiming that 4,000 Indians might thereby be saved but the governor was committed to foundations along the rivers, meaning probably the San Joaquin and its affluents. In response to native requests, Father Martin resolved to visit the swamp country himself. So in 1804, without license from anyone, he journeyed east into what is now Kern County and reached a native village on Lake Tulare. He was desirous of taking some Indian children back with him to instruct them at the mission, but was prevented when a native chieftain made a show of resistance. Without accomplishing anything of note, Father Martin returned to San Miguel. In January 1805, 
Father Pedro de la Cueva of Mission San Jose went with three soldiers and several Mission Indians to visit some sick converts at a native village in the hills ten or fifteen miles to the east. The little party was attacked by Indians. Four of the men, including one of the soldiers, met death, and all of the horses were killed. The rest escaped, but all were wounded. A Spanish force of 35 men, under Sergeant Luis Peralta, was at once dispatched against the Indians and succeeded in killing 11 of their number and capturing 30 more, mostly women. In February, Peralta made another raid, but found that all desire for fighting had died out among the Indians. Some of the chieftains from the villages as far away as the San Joaquin came to the Spanish settlements in order to disclaim participation in the recent outbreak. It may have been in connection with this affair that another expedition was sent into the valley in 1805. Whatever it was, and whoever commanded it, it seems to have explored a river to which the name Rio de los Reyes was applied. In translated form, this has survived as King's River, whence also comes the name King's County. It is probable that this expedition was commanded by Gabriel Moraga, who was to win laurels as the greatest pathfinder and Indian fighter of his day. It is certain, at any rate, that at some time prior to the series of expeditions sent out in 1806, he had visited and named the San Joaquin. That river had indeed been known for many years, but as the Rio de San Francisco. Governor Arriaga turned his attention to the valley country in earnest in 1806. The Indian problem had become annoying, if not serious. Runaways from the missions had sought both liberty and the profitable accompaniments of mission cattle and, especially, horses. They had also learned the use of firearms. Coming in contact with the Indians of the valley, they communicated to them their knowledge of Spanish ways and their appetite for horse flesh, thus enhancing the danger. Viewed from another angle, the interior, with its many tribes, promised a rich field for missionary endeavor. Thus, the search for mission sites, which might serve as a means of defense as well as for the purpose of conversions, became a principal objective in the governor's plans. In 1806, at least four expeditions were made. The first of these seems to have gone out from San Francisco in April, but no account of its discoveries has survived. The second was undertaken by a party of 22 soldiers, one friar, and three interpreters, under the command of Alferes, Color Sergeant Jose Joaquin Mayatorena. No clear record of the expedition is extant. Mayatorena left San Diego on June 20th and was out until July 14th. He seems to have gone inland to the north from San Luis Rey. Beyond the fact that he captured two fugitive mission Indians, there is slight indication of either his route or his achievements. Somewhat more information is at hand about an expedition which left Santa Barbara on July 19th for the Tulares. Although not certain, it is probable that Lieutenant Francisco Ruiz was in command. Father Jose Maria Zalvedea went along as diarist. The route, in terms of modern place names, seems to have been as follows. Footnote. Modern place names are used for all of the expeditions covered in this chapter. In footnote. 
going by way of santa Inez, jonata zaca and the sisquac and cuyama the rivers the party broke into kern county and came to buena vista lake which seems to have been united then with kern lake proceeding possibly by way of tecuya they passed uvas creek and reached their farthest north about the site of bakersfield making camp on the kern river turning south they came on the fourth day to a place where years before the Indians had killed two soldiers, an allusion to an otherwise unknown expedition. Going through Tejon Pass, they turned east from Castaic and went well into San Bernardino County, returning eventually by way of Antelope Valley, Cajon Pass, and Lytle Creek near San Bernardino to San Gabriel, which they reached on August 14th. Everywhere the Indians had been friendly, but the lands were described generally as arid and alkaline. Characterizations such as this, which was repeated by most of the later expeditions entering that territory, were of no small importance in that they discouraged projected settlement to the valley. It is more than probable that they played their part in avoiding such attempts at colonization as would have brought on the discovery of gold. The most important expedition of the year was headed by Alferez Gabriel Moraga. There were 25 men in this party, one of whom was Father Pedro Munoz, the chaplain and diarist. Starting from San Juan Batista on September 21st, the Moraga party entered the Tule Plain probably by way of San Luis Creek in Merced County. Crossing the San Joaquin, they came to a slough which they named Mariposas, on account of the great number of butterflies, mariposas, that they saw. Short the final S, this name survives both for the slough and creek and for the county, east of Moraga's March, through which it flows. Going north and northwest, they discovered and named the Merced River and successively passed the Tuolumne, Stanislaw, Calaveras, and Mocolumne Rivers. The Indian village of Tuolumna, visited by them, is perhaps the origin of the modern name in the Tuolumne River and County, although it was located on the Stanislaw. Turning south and southeast, the party eventually reached the San Joaquin, where it flows southwest, forming the boundary between Madera and Fresno counties. Here they were told that soldiers from the east of the Sierra Nevada mountains had come there twenty years before and had fought a battle with the Indians. Three days later, when Moraga reached King's River, the same story was repeated by the Indians. Possibly, some not otherwise known and perhaps disastrous expedition had formerly been made by Spaniards from New Mexico. Ascending King's River, Moraga and his men turned south into Tulare County, passing near or through modern Visalia, and went on to the Kern River. In this region, they seem to have explored to the east as far as the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. Going south again, they rode through Tejon Pass to San Fernando, where they arrived on November 3rd. Moraga confirmed previous reports as to mission sites and Indians. Munoz's account mentioned the Merced River as the best location they had found, and spoke favorably of Kings River, though a presidio would be required. Aside from them, there were few promising sites. Some of the Indians had been timid, running away from the Spaniards, but the rest had been friendly. 
summing up the four expeditions in his biennial report of march eighteen o seven father president esteban tapis stated that they had visited twenty-four native villages with a total population of fifty-three hundred indians mission sites were few and in any event a presidio would be necessary he said because of the remoteness of that section and the great number of indians who dwelt beyond the regions lately explored in the next few years there were probably a number of expeditions of which nothing definite is at present known for example there is an obscure reference to an expedition of luis agueo some seventy or eighty leagues up the sacramento in the same year as that of the four expeditions just described the next that is authentic however came in eighteen o eight when gabriel moraga made his third expedition to the rivers of the north whether his journey of eighteen o six was the first or second and whether his probable visit of eighteen o five to the talares in the south should be counted as one of those to the rivers of the north cannot as yet be asserted at any rate whatever moraga may have done before his journey of eighteen o eight was one of the most remarkable of those times the object of the expedition was to explore the river country opposite the northern spanish settlements for mission sites leaving mission san jose on september twenty fifth with eleven men moraga made his way to the valley and forded the san joaquin just south of the point where it is joined by the calaveras near stockton he then ascended the calaveras in its entire length from san joaquin to the source in the sierras without finding a suitable mission site presently he crossed to the mokalumna river to the north and explored that too through all its length with like results going north he came to the consumnas and went up that as he had done in the case of the calaveras and the mokalumna before it proceeding yet farther north he struck the american river apparently just below auburn in a distance of four leagues he reached the place where it emerged from the mountains on october ninth the expedition camped on the lower feather river remarking its width and its overflow plain to this they gave the name sacramento employing it also henceforth for the great river which it in fact joins farther down in this connection it may be remarked that at some point where the sacramento and the feather come together it is the latter which makes a straight course north and south with the lower sacramento whereas the upper sacramento flows in at that point from the west moraga crossed the feather river presumably below nicholas and went north northwest seven leagues to a mountain range in the middle of the valley the marysville buttes turning west he came to the upper sacramento which he called the jesus maria a name it long retained for that part of its course he went north along the eastern bank about ten leagues it would seem therefore that he got about to butte city or perhaps opposite glen in glen county to the west he described the border of trees marking the presence of a river no doubt stony creek next day the twelfth he turned east and on the thirteenth crossed feather river yclept sacramento in butte county certainly not far from oroville going now through yuba county he came at length to the american in this part of his account there is a break which makes it impossible to say whether he traversed nevada county but it is quite probable that he did so 
considerably farther south several days later he made his customary upriver explorations of both the tuolumne and the merced crossing the san joaquin at the mouth of the merced he went north at pescadero on union island and thence to mission san jose which he reached on october twenty third in addition to having passed through the already well-known regions of merced stanislaus and san joaquin counties moraga had visited and perhaps discovered calaveras amador el dorado placer sutter colusa glen butte yuba and tuolumne counties and maybe also in nevada county great as was the achievement of this columbus of the near sierras the expedition seems to have been a failure in that it had discovered no suitable mission sites perhaps on that account moraga's journey was soon forgotten escaping even the attention of the all-gathering hubert howe bancroft but recent research has brought it to light in october eighteen o nine a party of fifteen soldiers from the monterey district under sergeant miguel espinosa is believed to have made an expedition but the record is lacking the following year eighteen ten was a busy one for the indefatigable gabriel moraga he began with a military campaign in may there was an unconverted tribe in the vicinity of suisun north of suisun bay that had been committing depredations against the christian settlement killing mission indians so moraga was sent with seventeen men to attack them crossing carcanez strait moraga engaged one hundred and twenty natives eighteen were captured but were set at liberty since they were already in a dying condition from their wounds the rest took refuge in three huts all in two of the huts were killed and those in the third burned to death rather than surrender when the hut was set on fire for this action which was regarded as a most brilliant affair at the time moraga was promoted to a brevet lieutenancy in november of that same year there was some indian trouble in the vicinity of san gabriel and moraga was ordered south his reputation had preceded him and the situation was soon well in hand meanwhile he had made several explorations of the interior the first was from august fifteenth to august twenty eighth with a party of sixteen soldiers father jose viader and four christian indians moraga sent out from santa clara and went by way of the arroyo de las nuces a name which has survived as walnut creek into the contra costa country passing carcanez strait in the mouths of the sacramento and san joaquin he presently marched south up the west shore of the latter at some point in merced county he turned west along san luis creek and went through a pass in the mountains to san juan batista word came that the russians were at or near bodega so in september moraga was sent in that direction to reconnoiter at the mouth of tamales bay he met three american deer hunters and went with them to their barracks and frigate at bodega going north he came to santa rosa creek and the russian river thence he returned to san francisco by way of sonoma where later the mission san francisco solano was established in october moraga was sent to the valley again to look for mission sites as usual and to capture runaway mission indians with twenty-three soldiers fifty armed indians and father of the other he left mission san jose on october nineteenth and struck east to pescadero 
Next day he captured 81 natives, 51 of whom were women, whom presently he released. Crossing to the right bank of the San Joaquin, he ranged the country watered by the Stanislaw, Tuolumne, and Merced, without any further success in capturing runaways. On October 27th, he reached Santa Clara. Neither on this expedition nor that of August had he found satisfactory mission sites. Indeed, the previously much-praised Merced County was now characterized as unsuitable. Something new in exploration marked the year 1811. This was a visit to the river country by boat in October, the first attempt in this fashion since the days of Ayala a generation before. Sergeant Jose Antonio Sanchez was in command. The party proceeded by way of Angel Island past the well-known Point San Pablo and Point San Pedro, noting Petaluma Creek and San Pablo Bay. Presently, they went by an island, later called Yegawa, a name which has survived as Mare Island. Going through Suasun Bay, they ascended the west branch of the San Joaquin. Later, they entered the main channel and, at the point where the Southern Pacific now has its crossing west of Stockton, the east channel. Returning to the mouth of the San Joaquin, they went a little way up to Sacramento, making the first recorded navigation of that stream. Going through Nurse Slough and Montezuma Creek, they came out about a league east of Suisun, and then ascended Suisun Creek as far as modern Eulatus. Thence they returned to San Francisco. One site on the lower Sacramento was named by them as a possibility for a mission foundation. By this time there had come a change in the direction of Alta California affairs that was to affect the whole Indian problem, including the matter of interior exploration. Priestley has described it as follows, quote, During this epoch, the revolutionary movement in Mexico was having its faraway and indirect effect on the life of the California missions. The friars no longer were sent north to replace the aged or retired missionaries. Money could not be sent, nor were reports returned to the College of San Fernando. Generally, California missions and political government alike suffered from neglect in Mexico, for neither the Spanish government nor the revolutionists had power enough to be efficient in the far distant north. Hence, it is not strange that the numerous expeditions made in search of mission sites bore no fruit in foundations, especially as any such expansion would have required not only friars but presidial forces and expenditures as well. Meantime, there had been a change for the worse in the attitude of the Indians and whites toward each other. The points of contact had become more numerous, and friction consequently greater. Because a constructive Indian policy dominated by strategic expansion of the Presidio mission system was impracticable, it was logical that the white man should attempt to hold the natives in check by the comparatively weak method of punitive expeditions." End quote. Moraga's campaigns at Suasun and San Gabriel in 1810 were part of the new policy. A conscious plan of mission expansion was now superseded by the hitherto incidental factor of pursuing runaways, recovering stolen animals, and punishing the Indians who had committed the robberies. In November 1811, there was trouble again at San Gabriel. 
At one time it was reported that 800 Yumas or Mojaves had approached the post with the intention of destroying it and the other neighboring missions. Reinforcements were sent and no attack was made. The coming of the Russians to Alta California in 1812 directed attention to the North Bay country. From 1812 to 1814, Gabriel Moraga made three trips to the Russian settlements of Bodega and Fort Ross, thus becoming well acquainted with the trails and valleys of Marin and Sonoma counties. There seems to have been no important expedition to the great Central Valley in 1812, but one of October 1813 is of some interest. This was commanded by Sergeant Francisco Soto, who 37 years before had attained to distinction as the first child of the conquering race to be born at San Francisco. With a hundred Indians from Mission San Jose and twelve soldiers who came from San Francisco in a boat, Soto fought a battle on some unnamed river, presumably the San Joaquin. It is said that the Indian enemies numbered a thousand men, of whom many were killed, while the Spaniards won the victory with a loss of but one Mission Indian. In October 1814, a fresh search for a mission site in the Tulares was made. The commander of the expedition was a sergeant, Juan Ortega, whose name does not appear. The account comes from Father Juan Cabot, who was a member of the party. They went from San Miguel to Lake Tulare, near which point they got into some difficulties when they attempted to serve as peacemakers between two warring tribes. In a battle with one of them, the Spaniards lost two horses and the Indians one old woman. Peace was restored and the party went on to the vicinity of Visalia. On their return, they crossed King's River and made their way to San Miguel by a more northerly route than that by which they had come. The arrival of Governor Solá in 1815 was marked by the so-called Great Expedition of that year into the Tulares to recapture runaways. It seems that simultaneous expeditions were made from different points. Authentic accounts of two of them have survived. Sergeant Juan Ortega, with Father Cabot and 30 soldiers, was in command of the party which went out from San Miguel. Leaving there on November 4th, he proceeded to the valley, where he made a night march to avoid being seen by the Indians. On the next night, at King's River, he tried to capture two fishermen, but they escaped and gave the alarm, wherefore no renegades were caught. Proceeding to the Cahuilla River region in the vicinity of Visalia, he continued his unavailing search for runaways, finding that the natives were in great fear of his party as a result of stories told by escaped mission Indians from Soledad. On the 15th, Ortega joined Sergeant Pico's party. Sergeant Jose Dolores Pico, with Father Jaime Escudo and a body of soldiers, had left San Juan Batista on November 3rd. On the 8th, at some point in the general vicinity of the junction of the San Joaquin and King's Rivers, he fell upon an Indian village and captured 66 Indians, of whom 50 seemed to have been Christians. After effecting a junction in the upper reaches of King's River with Sergeant Ortega, Pico marched with his now enlarged party to the San Joaquin. On one occasion, 250 horses were seen, most of them recently killed. A large band of animals was recovered, however, and sent back to the missions. While at Mariposa Slough, the Spaniards were misled by the Indians, who thus enabled a number of renegades to escape. 
On November 29th, Pico reached San Juan Batista with ten sick soldiers and only nine prisoners. Governor Salab boasted that the great expedition had been a pronounced success, but Father Tapas was probably correct in characterizing the results as unsatisfactory. In May 1816, an expedition for religious purposes was made by Father Luis Martinez, who was accompanied by a body of soldiers. Martinez left San Luis Obispo for the Tulares, carrying on operations in the vicinity of Buena Vista Lake. He reported that the natives were so unreasonable as to prefer their existing unhappy condition to the benefits they might derive away from their homes at the missions. He did succeed in buying one boy in exchange for beads, blankets, and meat. On one occasion, when the inhabitants of a village had fled at the approach of his party, messengers were sent to bid them return, but the messengers were received with darts and cries of, Kill the coast people! In revenge, therefore, the native village was burned. No suitable site for a mission was found, yet the biennial report of Father President Mariano Payeras, 1815-1822, for 1815-1816, again urged the founding of missions and a presidio in the valley, naming the Visalia district as the best location. Two years later, he repeated his recommendation. But the time had passed when any such project was likely to receive favorable action, fortunately, perhaps, for the Atlantic Coast Republic to the east. For a number of years, interest in the great river region had lagged, this now revived, and between May 13th and May 26th, 1817, an expedition was made by boat from San Francisco. Luis Arguello, then a lieutenant, was in command. Fathers Narciso Duran and Ramon Abea were members of the party. In their voyage up to Sacramento, it is possible to identify various of the channels they followed and some of the places where they stopped. At one time, they took refuge from a terrific wind behind Montezuma Hills near Rio Vista. Below Clarksburg, they got a view of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Going on, it would seem that they passed what is now Sacramento, being very probably the discoverers of that site, and got nearly as far north as the mouth of the Feather River. At any rate, they got within sight of the Marysville Buttes, which were said to be ten leagues farther on. Coming downstream, they turned off at Brennan Island and followed a branch to the southeast some eleven or twelve leagues. Returning to the Sacramento, they proceeded home, mentioning by name the dunes between Antioch and Black Diamond, still called Los Medanos, the dunes. At different times on this expedition, the Indians told them of other white people beyond the Sierras. On December 14th of that year, an establishment was made at San Rafael which blossomed forth to all intents and purposes as a mission, though it was rated merely as a branch of San Francisco. The site was probably recommended by Gabriel Moraga, who had passed that way several times since 1810. Father Luis Gil was elected to take charge and went there accompanied by several other friars, including Father Vicente Saria, who conducted the dedication ceremonies. Perhaps the most interesting fact connected with the founding was the reason which lay behind it. Contemporary Spanish documents point out that the Indians of San Francisco were dying at an alarming rate, and it was believed that San Rafael would be a more healthful site. 
Viewed locally, there can be little doubt that this was the principal factor. Among other causes assigned, one at least deserves comment, that it was in opposition to the Russians of Fort Ross. This has been asserted by Russian writers, and most certainly in earlier years, in the era of the aggressive defensive, it would have occurred to the higher Spanish authorities as a motive for settlement. To be sure, a mission could hardly serve as a military bulwark, but it could substantiate a claim to territory or minimize the value of a foreign allegation of sovereignty. Some evidence to this effect appears in the account of Father Payeras of a visit by Luis Arguello, Father Gil, and himself to that section late in May 1819. Passing through San Rafael in an investigation for a mission site, they went to a tract of land back of Point San Pedro, which Payeras called Gallinas, a name which still appears on the maps. Climbing the highest hill to the east, they looked out on Petaluma Plain on the one hand, and the great river and mountain range to the east on the other. Only a few white men had crossed the Sierras, Payeras said. There had been some wanderers who had gone from village to village selling their clothing for food and making their way to San Jose. One wonders who they were. Referring to the regions settled by the Russians, Payeras suggested that it might be brought into communication with the bay if a presidio were put at a known favorable location three leagues from Point Bodega, and if missions were established at Petaluma and Suisun. Evidently, as Priestley points out, his mind was dwelling on the presence of the Russians, and this motive for missionary activity in that section must be added to that of the health of the neophytes in San Francisco. At about this same time, an event took place at the San Buenaventura Mission, which was to bring on a new series of interior expeditions. Indians from the Colorado had developed a practice of coming to the southern missions in small parties to trade. One such party of 22 Mojaves reached San Buenaventura on May 29, 1819. They were not cordially received by the mission soldiers. Indeed, they were required to remain in the guardhouse pending their departure next day. On the 30th, while all were at church save a sentry in the Mojaves, a disturbance arose at the guardhouse. A general fight ensued in which ten Mojaves, two Spanish soldiers, and one Mission Indian were killed, and several Mojaves captured, though they subsequently escaped. The alarm was spread throughout the province, as it was feared that the Colorado River tribes would seek revenge. Reinforcements were sent to San Gabriel, which was particularly exposed to attack and sentries were posted in the mountains to the east. Meanwhile, runaway mission Indians and tribesmen of the Great Valley were causing the coast settlements more than usual annoyance, especially by thefts of horses, which by this time the Indians had learned to ride. Therefore, Governor Salah resolved upon another campaign on a large scale to settle these various issues. Of the three expeditions organized, the first to get underway was that of Sergeant Sanchez. Early in October, with 25 men, Sanchez proceeded from San Francisco by way of San Jose to the lower San Joaquin Valley. At or near modern Stockton, he had a great battle with the Mokolumnes, in which the enemy lost 27 killed, 20 wounded, and 16 prisoners, 
besides forty-nine horses which Sanchez recovered. One mission Indian was killed, and five soldiers were wounded. For this achievement, Sanchez was advanced to the rank of Brevet Alferez in the following year. Among the private soldiers in Sanchez's party was Jose Maria Amador, son of Sergeant Pedro Amador, a grizzled old veteran who came to California in 1769, whose name is preserved in modern Amador County. The second expedition to start was that of Lieutenant Jose Maria Estudillo, with a force of about 40 men. Leaving Monterey on October 17th, Estudillo marched by way of Soledad and San Miguel into the Tulares of Kern County. He found that everywhere the Indians seemed to be aware of the Spanish expeditions. News of his own foray had been sent on from Soledad. He himself was able to get information of the other expeditions. Estudillo's precise route is hard to follow, but he reached the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas in Kern County, in the same region that Moraga had explored in 1806. Going north to the Visalia district of Tulare County, he turned west, crossed Kings River, went on down that river in the San Joaquin, and then turned west to San Juan Batista, which he reached on November 13th, arriving at Monterey three days later. The expedition had not been a great success from the standpoint of capturing runaways, recovering animals, or indeed from any standpoint whatever. Estudillo recommended that further examination should be made of the Visalia, Kings River, and San Joaquin country before any conquest should be attempted. In any event, he said, a presidio with a force of a 115 men would be necessary. A mission alone would not suffice. The third and greatest expedition of the year was commanded, as might have been expected, by the veteran Gabriel Moraga, now a lieutenant. This was not only to capture fugitives, but also to punish the Mojaves for the San Buenaventura affair. The force included 55 soldiers, four of whom were artillerymen with a small cannon, besides a great number of Mission Indians and native allies. Father Joaquin Pascual served as chaplain and diarist. Moraga left San Gabriel on November 22nd, following the line of the present Santa Fe Railway through Cajon Pass into the Mojave Desert. The route through the desert cannot well be identified, but presumably a direct course for the Mojave villages was taken. The distance recorded as having been traveled should have brought the expeditionaries to the present eastern boundary of California, or just short of it. It would seem, therefore, either that they stopped when already not far from the Colorado River, or else, if their direction were slightly north of east, that they got at, near, or over the Nevada line. It is at least interesting to think of Gabriel Moraga as the possible discoverer of Nevada. One place, near their farthest east, was alluded to as having been visited by him three years earlier, a reference to an expedition not otherwise known. With respect to the objects of the foray, however, the expedition was a failure, the only known blemish on the record of Gabriel Moraga. Lack of grass and water weakened the horses and mules to such an extent that they could go no further. So Moraga turned back and was at San Gabriel again on December 14th. 
This was the last known campaign of a man whose exploits are altogether too inadequately recorded in the history of California. Moraga Valley and Moraga Road in the East Bay region do indeed recall the name, but not to the extent that this intrepid explorer deserves. It is fitting to take leave of him with some further account of his career. As a boy, he came to Alta California with the second Anza expedition, and lived at San Francisco, where his father, Jose Joaquin Moraga, was first commandant. He enlisted as a private in 1784, and rose successively to the ranks of corporal in 1788, sergeant, 1800, alferez in 1806, brevet lieutenant, 1811, and lieutenant in 1818. From about 1818, he began to seek retirement on grounds of old age and chronic rheumatism, but his petitions seem not to have been granted. His service sheet of 1820 records that he had taken part in 46 expeditions against the Indians, vastly more than the few to which the historians as yet have knowledge. Three years later, on June 15, 1823, he died at Santa Barbara and was buried in the graveyard at the mission. He was described by a contemporary as a tall, well-built man of dark complexion, brave, gentlemanly, and the best Californian soldier of his time. Bancroft incorrectly refers to him as illiterate, for there are not a few Moraga documents written as well as the average of his day, but goes on to say that he was honest, moral, kind-hearted, popular, and a very energetic and successful officer. Shirley Gabriel Moraga, known discoverer of many interior regions, probable discoverer of yet more, worthy man and meritorious soldier, deserves well to be remembered as one of the most exemplary figures in the history of Alta California. One last exploration from mission sites was made in 1821. By this time, the issue of secularization of the missions had become prominent in Alta California, being an outgrowth from legislation of the Spanish Cortes in 1813 that all missions established ten years should be secularized and the missionaries should move on to new conversions. Animated possibly by this prospect, Father Payeras made a search for new sites. Accompanied by Father Jose Sanchez, who kept a diary, he left San Diego on September 10th. Going northeast by way of El Cajon, he came to Santa Isabel in the center of San Diego County. After making explorations for leagues around, the two friars went north by way of Pala, Temecula, and San Jacinto to the San Bernardino. Turning west, they made their way to San Gabriel, where they arrived toward the end of September. They had found three sites which they deemed suitable for a mission. Taki, near Santa Isabel, and Pala in San Diego County, and a point on Lytle Creek, north of San Bernardino. It is also interesting to note that at San Jacinto and San Bernardino, there were ranches, respectively, of San Luis Rey and San Gabriel missions, and that there were over 400 Christian Indians in the valley between San Bernardino and San Gabriel. Something like old ideas were revived to bring about the last and possibly the greatest of the expeditions into the interior under Spanish rule. Rumors were current to the effect that a party of Englishmen or Americans 
had established themselves within forty or fifty leagues to the north of San Francisco. Spurred on by the possibility of foreign danger, Solá decided upon an expedition to get information and expel the intruders if necessary. Luis Arguel, famous not only as the brother of Doña Concepción and as a later governor of Alta California, but also as an explorer, with a record of achievement second only to that of Gabriel Moraga, was chosen to take command. Including officers, there were 59 soldiers in his party, besides Father Blas Orlas as chaplain and diarist John Gilroy, of whom, later, as English interpreter, and a number of mission Indians. Leaving San Francisco on October 18th, Arguello and his men crossed Garconis Strait and then started north. Crossing Solano and Yolo counties, they came to the Sacramento River at a point above Grimes in Calusa County. Here they were informed that men, like themselves, had been in that neighborhood. Proceeding in the main up the right bank of the Sacramento, they crossed Glen and Tahama counties, possibly to Cottonwood Creek, which forms the boundary between Tahama and Shasta counties. It appears that Gilroy had been in this vicinity before, for Father Ordos records what he had formerly seen from the heights nearby. It would seem that they now crossed the lower end of Trinity County to the Eel River, though it cannot be stated whether they reached it in Humboldt, Trinity, or Mendocino County. At any rate, they turned south, presumably up the valley of the Eel. At one place, they learned that four horsemen of unknown nationality had recently passed by, and one native had some blue cloth from Bodega. Riding through Mendocino County from north to south, they caught sight of the coast, and two days later were at the Russian River, perhaps a little above Cloverdale. Crossing a mountain, they came to an Indian village near Santa Rosa. Going on through San Rafael, they at length reached San Francisco on November 15th. Thus ended Arguello's expedition to the Columbia, as it was long popularly called, possibly because the foreigners they sought were supposed to have come from the Columbia River region. No foreigners had been found, but there had been some minor skirmishes with Indians, though most of the natives had not been hostile. This was the last of the expeditions under Spanish rule. But allusion may be made here to one other of 1823, which led to the founding of San Francisco Solano Mission at Sonoma. Like San Rafael, the new mission, which proved to be the last, was an expansion of San Francisco with some hint also of providing an outpost against the Russians. A Californian deputy, Francisco Castro, accompanied by Alferez José Sánchez, with 19 men and Father José Altamira, made the preliminary exploration. They left San Francisco on June 25th, went in a launch to San Rafael, and then ranged the plain from Petaluma to Sonoma, Napa, and Suisun. They were in doubt between Petaluma and Sonoma for a mission site, but at length decided for the latter, planning also to have cattle ranches at Petaluma and Napa. On July 4th, a cross was set up at Sonoma, after which they began their return, and two days later were in San Francisco. On August 25th, Father Altamira was back at Sonoma, and its activity as a mission started. 
Expeditions into the interior did not end with a change of flag in 1822 from Spanish to Mexican, but they were of less importance than formerly, being largely for the purpose of recovering stolen animals and punishing the Indians for their depredations. The idea of an inland mission was never again entertained by the Franciscans, though there were a number of suggestions on the part of the secular authorities for such establishments. At Santa Rosa, along the Kern, San Joaquin, Kings, and Chowchilla rivers, and in a chain of missions from Santa Rosa to Humboldt Bay, largely as an anti-Russian enterprise. On the whole, however, political troubles within the settled area of the white population were much more engrossing than interior exploration. Thus, the gold remained undiscovered. At length, John A. Sutter founded his settlement at Sacramento. American colonists trickled through the passes in the mountains and established themselves in the Great Valley, and then came the revelation which transformed a one-time Hispanic land into a great American state. Footnote. This chapter is based almost wholly on an as yet unpublished manuscript of Professor Herbert Ingram Priestley. In footnote. End of chapter 32